Oh, no way. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> crazy good for a janitor position. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> what? Oh, man, janitors build America. I heard Howard Schultz is running on his new Make Janitors Great Again platform. Welcome to that ODS Beast Gaming. I'm your elder gamer, Jonathan. I'm your hungry gamer, Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two breakfast sandwiches and a cup of hot chocolate today, and that was like wow. maybe 12 hours ago. So we're running on all the fumes right now. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've so. been... Uh, since taking this new position, I <clears throat> um, haven't had as much time as I used to, and I used to make uh, all the meals. We would eat out like kind of regularly, but I don't know, maybe like once or twice a week. Now it's yeah. like, I don't know, 10 times a week plus probably, <clears throat> often twice a day. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, that's been good. So I had KFC for lunch and I had a sub delivered for dinner. So that was pretty good. Man, wait, yeah. from where? This is my, sorry, my last job they called me Hoagie Logie. So you could say <laughs> I know a couple things about, about sure, subs. Sure. So where'd you get your, where'd you get that sweet sandwich? Uh, I got it from Jersey Mike's. Ah, <clears throat> uh, now that is a sub above. Yeah, I, I like it. It's, it's solid. I... I um I used to get Jimmy John's when I wanted a sub ordered, but since um, Jersey Mike's got added to DoorDash, um, oh nice, yeah, it's been solid. I don't know if you use DoorDash; it's, uh, it's pretty nice. <laughs> Not on these janitor wages, my friend. Fair <laughs> Not on these wages. Fair enough. Um, well, I can't say I'm exactly rolling in it either. We are spending a significant portion uh, on these, but hopefully yeah. we'll uh, get timelines figured out and won't eat out so much, and hopefully my yeah. heart will make it until then. We'll see. <laughs> like physically, like you're just Correct. eating so much KFC. that what you're getting at? <laughs> I thought you meant like there was some emotional connection to cooking. Oh, I mean... Which in, that, hind- that in hindsight doesn't make a ton of sense <laughs> given the context, yeah. but hey, I was there for it. I was invested. So... Man, well, welcome to our Food Lovers podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, where we, we talk about food and sometimes video games, uh, from what I understand. Do we? What, what's a video game? I, well, that is a matter of, of hot debate lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in this political climate, who can say for sure? Hmm. Um, but uh, let's, let's dive right into it. With that introduction that we don't know what a video game is, let's Perfect. dive in Good. to our discussion. Uh Jonathan, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing some of what some might call 2016's best game, uh, Dishonored 2. Uh, ah. Yeah, so sequel to, I think, 2013 Dishonored, um, developed by Arcane Studios, published by Bethesda Softworks. Um, <clears throat> it's a, a stealth em up if you will, Um it's a first-person um, character action game with a heavy focus on stealth. Um, I played uh, the first game, Dishonored, uh, to death on my PS3 several years ago. Got the Platinum, played the DLC, really loved the game. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, and so I bought Dishonored 2 on PC, I don't know, probably a year ago. <laughs> And I'm just now nice. getting around to it because that's the kind of person that I am, I guess. Um, yeah, you mentioned to me that you've been forcing yourself to stop buying games and to actually play the ones you own. Yes, so it, that's it's been some time good. since I've bought a game. Probably three or four months, like no joke, maybe longer. 
because I just have so many games that I have bought on sales and haven't bought or and haven't played yet. And Dishonored 2 is one of them, but I've finally gotten around to it. Um, and it's uh, a very good game. It's a extremely suitable successor to its predecessor. Um, exceeds it in just about every way, in my opinion. Um, Man. Yeah, so you... Some light spoilers um, for the uh, for Dishonored One, but uh, this game starts um, with uh, Empress Emily Caldwin on the throne with her father Corvo Atano, who you play as in the first game, uh, serving as Lord Protector to her. Um, and at the beginning of the, the very beginning of Dishonored Two, there is a coup, and you get to. In the beginning, choose who you want to play as for the playthrough. Um, and I knew this going in, and so I was kind of doing a, a bit of role-playing, which is something I've, I've been trying to do in my uh, sure, games yeah. more, because it's just more fun. I've, it is I've incredibly come... wicked mad fun. Yeah, I've come <laughs> to learn. So, <clears throat> so I chose to play as Emily, because you didn't get to play as her in the first game, because she was like 11. Um, so how old is she in the sequel in the follow-up um it's like 15 years later or something like that so she's she's oh no way yeah she's in her late 20s um and uh yeah she's been trained by her father corvo um so she yeah she's a fighter um and and so yeah i chose to play as her and the game focuses around uh stealth but that's augmented by a bunch of mythical abilities you can get. Um, and so there, there are abilities to like the most important one allows you to, uh, pull yourself. Um, it's called blink for, for Corvo and it's called, I think far reach for Emily, but you could basically like, I don't know, you see a ledge above you and you can yank yourself up there with the power of magics. Um, and, and science, of right. course. And let's not discount science. Definitely not. Um, and so, yeah, you you have a bunch of different abilities that help augment your stealth and your combat abilities. Um, but I basically did a no powers, um, no stealth run for my first run with this playing as Emily, um, because I okay. wanted her to be um, angry. I was I was playing her as as like angry young, maybe not a hundred percent cognizant of of the ramifications of her actions because the game gears you towards stealth and non lethality. So you should gotcha for every assassination target. There are non lethal ways to take them out. Um, a lot of the, a lot of those avenues are like through defamation, like removing their status in some way. Um, oh, cool. Others are just like literally banishing them to like a remote island, stuff like that. Um, but I wasn't going to do any of that. It was going to be no powers, all, all combat, no stealth. Um, Man. And that was cool from a role-playing perspective, but it was not super cool from a gameplay perspective because the game... the <laughs> game you pulled everything that's cool about the game. Pretty much, <laughs> just was yeah. like, I'm just going to do combat. Yeah, the game okay. is not designed for all combat. Like, that is not the intended way to play at all. And they facilitate it. They, they allow you to do that, but that is clearly not the intended path. So, like, 
you you have a sword and some sort of and then in your other hand you can use it to cast your powers or you can hold like a crossbow for for silent combat or like a pistol for loud close range combat um and sure. so when you get into combat you can just parry and then do like a a special animation kind of takedown that makes you invincible and when you are parrying you can't be hit unless they hit you from behind so basically the game ended up being really easy even though i was playing on the hardest difficulty so did you play through the whole game then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh oh dang yep i beat it um and again it was cool from a role-playing perspective but i got the bad ending because i was murdering everybody and <laughs> and um the game just wasn't like super fun because i was kind of breaking it and because sure. I was so familiar with the first game, like I was already kind of good at this game. So when right. I say the combat was easy, maybe it would be a bit more challenging for somebody coming in. But there, it's really just a a block, parry, and counterattack sort of um, process, and it's really just not too difficult. Um, sure. So I started my, uh, I finished that up had a fine time but then i was really looking forward i dove in for a second playthrough now playing as corvo like the, the seasoned veteran who um knows the ramifications of of murdering <laughs> willy-nilly and i'm so i'm doing I, a <laughs> i'm doing a completely non-lethal completely stealth that there are two for every mission there are two like top tier um goals that you can go for one is called Ghost, which you are never detected by any enemies ever, um, which is quite hard to do, um, especially playing on very hard, which I am. Um, and then the other is, I think it's Merciful, just for not killing anybody, which is not as sure. hard to do, but it's hard for the targets because you have to find the alternate way to do it, which is uh, almost always a scripted sequence of events. Um, right. So Undertale. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no. But what's up with Undertale? Oh, Undertale just has a really similar mechanic in the way that it's set up. Yeah. Um, in the sense that it is, a, it, from what it sounds like, Dishonored 2 is a little more complicated <laughs> than Undertale is. Maybe. Um, but non-lethality is kind of the jam of, of Undertale. So yeah. you have two, you have a, attack and act are your two things you can do in combat. Mm -hmm. And if you do the right combo of attacking and acting, you can trigger... Uh, the spare mechanic, which is the ability to run away without really causing combat problems. Right. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear because I thought Undertale was somewhat unique in that because I'm not super familiar with Dishonored. Uh huh. Um, so it's interesting to hear that there's another game running around out there that is. is oh, definitely. Similar, yeah. Similar and and Dishonored is pretty cool. Is largely cribbing that from games like Thief and early days sex games. So it's, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, unique yeah. in that sense either, but it is a very well executed. Uh, version of of those games and it's one gotcha. i love i'm i'm maybe a quarter of the way through my corvo playthrough and just having a great time so yeah i would recommend if if you have not played dishonored before and you're interested definitely go for the stealth route the combat is viable it's just not as fun I, you're definitely robbing yourself of the of the best parts of the experience if you're sure. not going for stealth and you don't need to go for like ultra mega stealth. Nobody ever sees me kind of thing. Um, right. That's, that's challenging and, and 
is also not like the intended path I, I know i'm using that a lot and maybe it's a bit presumptuous but you, you get the idea like they, they don't want you save scumming your way through every level just just because um right but uh yeah no. sonor 2 is excellent yeah so so let me ask you mm-hmm. you are now you played your emily run yep. <laughs> i loved the way you described it you role played as yeah. essentially as a 20 something for Emily, and then uh-huh. as a more experienced fighter for sure. uh, for Corvo, which right. is really cool. I'm curious about the the individual story. So, is there are there different story beats for each character, or is it like they go everywhere together? They kind of do things together. What's um, the? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I can. Th- these are minor spoilers, but it literally happens in the first thirty seconds of the game, so it's sure, not sure. that big a deal. Um, so yeah, heads up for that, I guess, if, if you're sensitive. But it was all over the marketing material. Um, so once the the coup starts to happen, and it there comes a moment where it just freezes, and you choose who you want to play as, and as soon as you've chosen that, the other person gets um, turned to stone by the main antagonist, who's like a ah. a really powerful enchantress. Um, and so, yes, from there on out, you largely do the same things, but you get different dialogue, obviously different delivery, um, and slightly different beats from there on out. Um, the endings might be more, more significantly different. I'm not sure. Cause I've only, sure. uh, beat it once and, Excuse me. And when I got to the end of of Emily's playthrough, there were actually two options that I could choose from. So it's possible that there are uh, four or more endings to this game based on the permutations of like how many people you've murdered, what choices you make in the end, and what character you chose to play as in the beginning. So I'll be curious to see. I doubt I'm going to play through it six times to try to find sure. that all out. Maybe after I finish this next playthrough, I'll just uh, hop onto YouTube and, and see what I can see. Um, or maybe I'll play it again a third time because I just really love these games. The level design is amazing. The art style is pretty unique. Um, it's, it's a semi-realistic look, but... Uh, character models have like uh, significantly exaggerated hands and faces, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I remember when the original Dishonored was in its preview phase uh-huh. a long time ago. Yeah, I uh, I did get a Game Informer article. Yeah, where it was a it was a cover story back then, mm. and I remember looking at some of the art style and being like, "What is going on here?" Because yeah. it's cool, but it is realistic is not quite the right no it's uh, yeah i'm with you though though there is a semi-realism to it yes, but it's for got sure. there's some exaggeration in some interesting places yeah it's it, really cool it's it's pretty unique and it looks really good on pc i'll say that much unfortunately the game runs quite poorly on pc which is a bummer they it, it was a big issue at launch and they improved it somewhat but it is still definitely not fixed at all there's gotcha i'm not i'm not familiar enough with the technical aspects of the game to say for sure why this is happening but when i'm playing the game it only utilizes about 30 percent of my gpu whereas every other game will utilize 100 percent. because why wouldn't you um, right and so there's something going on with that meaning i am getting 
drastically poorer performance than what I should be getting for other games of of its uh, technical caliber. So that's a bit of a bummer. Um, yeah, but it not, it's not, not awesome. enjoyed my or it's not hampered my enjoyment with the game at all. It's not a big not a huge deal. Good, good, good to hear. Yeah, Man, that sounds like uh, quite the journey. I'm. I was surprised that you had played it all the way through. I have no concept for how long those games are. Is it only like a couple hours? Like No, the... no. I think my first playthrough was nine hours. Um, and that gotcha. was pretty fast. My Corvo one is, because it's stealth-focused and not combat-focused, should be probably closer to like 15 or 16 by the time I'm finished with it. So, Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'll report back uh, maybe probably next week. Uh, I'll probably have it beaten by then and uh see what the differences are but i'm yeah having a great time with it it's a great game man good to hear good to hear well in the vein of of finishing a game quickly and being able to report on it quickly uh, i i want to talk about persona 5 (laughs) oh a real quick game now we're talking let me let me tell you i i did google persona 5 just to get a couple of like the release dates and and some of those things straight yeah um and the very first top story here on google I don't know why this is a, a habit of mine, loving to, to mention these on this podcast, but here goes. Less than 40% of players completed Persona 5. So I guess you could say it's a quick one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I did, I did dive back in. So uh, when I first picked it up before we recorded the last cast, I, I put about 40 hours in one week to that game. Oh, wow. Um, and then pretty much did not touch it since. Right. Um, and so I, I dove back in, and it's interesting because I kind of expected, because part of the reason that I, I took a break was there were other things I wanted to play. I didn't want to, I didn't want to become jaded with this game at all. Sure. Um, because I really like it, and mm. playing anything for 100 hours can get you very jaded very quickly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I, I came back into it, definitely expecting to be a little put off um mm-hmm. just by how much i had played it in so short of a time um but no i'm happy to report i still very much love this game uh Good. the style is in like it's incredible <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> to to an odd degree it's something else um, it is something else that is the best way to put it um so this uh it's hard to it's hard to talk with any detail uh, about this game's the experience of playing this game without going into the story. Um, but I'll do my best. Okay. Not only because I want to avoid spoilers, but also because I, I simply think we do not have time um, <laughs> to really Understood. dive into this this deep deep story. Um, but essentially, the, the game took an interesting twist where I'm at. Um, to put it simply. The game tasks you with Inception style breaking into people's hearts to steal their their bad desires, essentially, mm. uh, which is kind of a very fun theme. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this particular one is it it subverted that. So I'm on probably the fourth or fifth one okay. uh, character that you break into their heart, and they subverted that in a very interesting way and made me really look at some of the themes of the game. Um, Suffice to say, normally you break into the hearts of people who are very, very evil, okay. and that is very much not the case um, mm. with with this most recent excursion. Um, 
And as a result of that, so normally, like the very first one, a mild spoiler, I guess here, the very first one you break into is the high school, the gym teacher at your high school who has been physically and or probably and sexually abusing students um, at the school. Yeah, no, it's it's heavy. Yeah. So that, it is not light thematically there. Um, and, and it's handled, I would say, fairly responsibly, which is really cool. Okay. Um, but... Uh, he sees the school as his castle. So when you break into the his heart, it is per, the entire school is portrayed as a castle. Um, and as as a result, you get used to you know you break into a character's heart later who sees it as kind of an art, an art gallery, an exhibit, right? Yeah. And you get used to these really over glorified kind of oh, I see myself as this great figure. Mm. But when you break into this this character's heart. It, they see it as a tomb. So it goes for a very Egyptian pyramid aesthetic. Um, right. and it throws, I would say, a wrench into the into your opinion of the way that this game runs and the way this game rolls. Sure. And that's pretty cool yeah. um, to have it. Because you would expect, you know, 40 hours in, I at least I expected to be kind of at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm really starting to have a problem with, like, <laughs> the repetitive nature. I mean, yeah. it's a turn-based strategy. And so you would expect, like, I mean, I've got the mechanics on lockdown for this mm-hmm. game. There's no added difficulty here for me. Sure, sure. Um, and so I expected to not be um, surprised at all or yeah. to be charmed in any way other than with the overall story itself, which I would say is very good. Um, but it was very interesting to see this game dive into a complete subversion of not just who we're targeting and why, but also how that plays in thematically with its setting and with its overall game interactions. Right. Uh, and that's been really, really awesome. I that I would say that's not a common thing. I would say the common thing is actually to end the game. Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, but yeah that, that is obviously not the case with Persona 5, and I'm happy to report that I'm pleased. Nice. Um, it's definitely a, it's a harder pass than going for like oh let's cut the game and then release another one next year or two years from now yeah right it's it's a it's definitely i think a tougher call to make um to carry the story in one vehicle with one plot over this extended amount of time Uh, but i think it works really well for persona nice um so that's that's been persona 5 more on that i over time sure (laughs) in the coming (laughs) months yeah, in, in the coming months and or years, um, maybe I'll I'll finish it up just as that as they announce or I mean as they release Joker for Super Smash perfect, Brothers. Perfect. <laughs> that'll be that'll be good good release timing there. Indeed. Um, but I did not want to talk about Persona that much because I spent hours upon hours in Bloodborne this week. Ah, uh, I see. Um, and we we talked a little bit about Bloodborne last yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, but something happened to me and I don't know if it's just the old blood now coursing through my gamer veins or if it's, uh, some, the old blood, uh, new Mountain Dew flavor confirmed (laughs) Mountain Dew old blood. What color would that can be? Uh, Oh, that's purple dude. Guaranteed. (laughs) My thought was you could also style it as one of the, uh, 
the blood vials that you pick uh, up uh, mm-hmm. in the game, which could also be very, very good. Cross promotion um, for Bloodborne 2, Sony. Don't pass this up. Do not, under any circumstances, pass this up. Uh, don't do a double XP weekend thing, though. <laughs> so help me. <laughs> How would that even work? Like uh, a double, <laughs> you enter a code and all of a sudden every monster's just... Weekend. Dro- <laughs> double death weekend. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you just die twice as often in this game. Perfect. Um, yeah, so uh, very interesting experience. I am very bad at Bloodborne, I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Generally, I so this week was the Cleric Beast for me, which ah. uh, anybody familiar with Bloodborne knows is kind of the first boss that you'll naturally stumble into. Uh-huh. I don't think it has to be. Correct, yeah. It's not a required boss at all. Yeah. It, which... <laughs> and it actually, most of the bosses that aren't required um like open a shortcut or something along those lines um and the cleric beast used to um the that explains a lot yeah at the end of the bridge you may or may not have noticed a door uh to the yeah. to the side that used to go to a different uh section of the game later on but they cut that at one point um what do you mean they cut it in dev or in a post patch um i'm not actually sure but i i believe it was before the game was released gotcha gotcha Mm. so yeah i think does it go to like a cathedral area uh yeah like Mm -hmm. a cathedral quarter so you know what they did not cut in uh, so you're familiar with this map oh yes um so you know when you come down those stairs so you're i'm just gonna start you at that lamp um up okay. on top of that ladder near the beginning of the game near, yeah. near the clinic mm-hmm. you come down from there you go down there and you go into that building where there's the creepy dude sitting in the chair with the rifle yeah so in that building there is a book that talks about how they sealed off the gate or the, they blocked off the gate to the cathedral quarter the cathedral ward on that yes. bridge mm-hmm. yeah yeah the cathedral ward mm-hmm. and so I assumed that should I take out the cleric beast, I would have a path <laughs> to right. the cathedral ward. Yep. That is not the case. No. Um, so that book is very much still there. And now in light, knowing that they sealed off that path, right. I now know what that means. <laughs> but when I encountered that in-game, I was like, oh, sweet. There's going to be a whole other district to explore once I kill this oh, guy. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> oh, I, I'm aware. I was just a little miffed it didn't happen yeah. upon defeating the cleric beast. Yeah, uh, I, so I don't want to presume that I understand why they took it out, but my guess is that if they hadn't, uh, Father Gascoigne would have become an, an optional boss, and that's just ain't that, gonna happen. You can't yeah, skip that boss. That that would have been bad. I mean, so <laughs> worst and best boss in the game. Yeah, so we'll get to him because uh-huh. I did get to him. Uh-huh. Uh, but here's so here's the the story. So I played the cleric beast. I mean, you can from that lamp that I described earlier, walking down that path and going towards the bridge, you can get to the cleric beast in maybe two minutes if yeah. you're fast. Uh-huh. Like it's a it's a quick sprint over there. Yeah. Um, and then you know if you're me, that add another thirty seconds of actually fighting the beast. And I guess what I'm getting at is you can get a lot of cleric beast attempts in in a very True. short amount of time. True. Uh, so I I spent a couple hours trying to beat this boss uh-huh. uh, with with some interim grinding to level my character up. Yeah. Um, and I was getting nowhere very very fast and getting yeah. a little 
frustrated. Fair. Um, but I, I would get him up down to about half health, and then he would do this thing where he grabs me, <laughs> yeah. picks me up, and, and beats me repeatedly against the ground, yeah. which was, uh, I would say, a singular experience. Indeed. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter how much health you have. Yep. You just <laughs> feel your soul over. crushed in your body. Yep. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm getting bored. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make myself a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So I I make myself a sandwich. I'm eating a sandwich as I... (laughs) In the best possible way. I was essentially triggering the lock-on mechanic with my pinky of the hand that was holding the sandwich. Good. I was running with the control stick in my left hand, and then I was attacking anything by forcing the controller against my knee. <laughs> Effectively, was how this was going. Impressive. And this, this is this is just to get over to the cleric beast. Yeah, so it's sure. not like eh, I'm not that stressed about it. Low stakes. Um, anyway, so I, I finish off the sandwich, and my roommate walks in, and I just start expressing frustration to him. I'm like, dude, I have been at this and at this, mm-hmm. and I'm just fighting this cleric beast. He's like, well, it looks like you're doing pretty good now. And I look down, and Beast is, like, half health. And I've taken... Like, I still have 17 blood vials. Oh, nice. So I'm doing great. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, keep talking to me, because whatever we got going is <laughs> working. Um, and so I did that, and I took it out with very little difficulty all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden... Like I said, probably the old blood or something, but I had wicked bad skill at this game. Nice. I ran from there to Father Gascoigne without being killed once. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then Father Gascoigne took me apart piece by piece. Um, yes. But yeah, it uh, it definitely, I very much started to get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. I, I had this bad habit of getting hit and retreating for potion or for blood vials. Yeah to heal back up Mm -hmm. what i've learned now is you do not have to do that and actually are kind of encouraged not to do that yeah because if you continue to hit whoever you're fighting you'll regain that health yep um and i i've said before that the game rewards an aggressive play style yes and that is Uh, the biggest but that is i was saying that without knowing any of that (laughs) oh yeah sure sure so yes it actively rewards you to be on the attack at all times, even when you get hit. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's, go ahead. Uh, it's unique. I, I was going to say, I shouldn't say that I, I knew you regained some health. Yeah. What I didn't realize is that you could regain pretty much all of it. Yeah, if you're fast enough and don't get hit again, you can get all of it back. Yeah, it's incredible. It's mm-hmm. it's, And when you do, it is the coolest feeling on planet Earth. <laughs> like yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, I'm very, very impressed with From Software's work on this game. It is quickly, as I stare down the barrel of this this gun, as it were, and as <laughs> I enjoy this game more and more, I realize that I think Sekiro is going to be a day one for me because this game yeah. is very good, yeah. um, and I would be very surprised. I'm interested to see what they do with uh, the... I don't know how to call it, but the grappling arm in right. Sekiro. Because mm-hmm. uh, Bloodborne doesn't do a whole ton with 3D spaces. No, so no, I'm... no. Yeah, it's quite flat. Um, you're always operating on, on a XZ plane. Like, there are stairs right. and things, but that is not important. It's that's... Yeah, stairs and ladders. That's to... Yeah, those are for give. differentiation and for making the world believable, not for gameplay purposes, really. 
Yeah, they also serve an in- another interesting function, which I would love to talk about, which is the level design of Yarnum in general. Mm. It is incredible. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, you will walk around a corner, take some stairs, go through this winding path, walk through a courtyard, go up a ladder, and the next thing you know, you're back where you were, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe 20 minutes ago, and you can now open a gate for fast travel. Yep. Uh, oh, it, that it ramps is, that up considerably as you get further along as well yeah it is i would say it's almost hyper realistic in that sense huh. that like okay. you can you can learn like i mean cities have shortcuts and fast travel points in real life right sure you can yeah. learn what what alleys to cut through and yeah. what buildings to walk through and what parks you can cross uh but <laughs> bloodborne takes that to a hyper level by giving you the craziest passages. Uh, the elevator uh, to Father Gascoigne's area is one of my favorites that yeah. I've found. Uh, just really, really clever. Um, and the way that it plays with space makes you not realize that you're pretty much on the map right next to where you were. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not that it's long. always a surprise, at least for me, when I opened mm-hmm. a new when I opened a new shortcut and just seeing where I was and how that connected was um, ne- it never felt obvious, which was cool yeah it's uh it's something else it far like not even feeling obvious i still i i know i think you have a you have a collector's edition book with maps right jonathan i do yeah okay so i've never really seen a map in context with this game Mm -hmm. and i mentally cannot figure out how the spatial orientation (laughs) of this world works because of some of the way these shortcuts are i i cannot fathom it um and it's very very cool yes it is yeah it's it's also nice that it's relatively at least as far as i am it's seamless um i don't have to hit a loading screen except for when i'm going to the hunter's dream yep yeah no no loading screens in the world um at all really yeah, yeah. In, incredible use of space yeah in my opinion agreed just very well done so yeah bloodborne i now love it <laughs> i yeah it's and very you've good only just begun i know Gascoigne oh, is the real be like the real first beat of the game the uh, heartbeat if you will um, yeah it's the first real major hurdle it kicks off the narrative in more significant ways um, and it uh, sets up it actually teaches you how you should play the rest of the game more so much more so than the cleric beast does and I yeah, won't spoil beast. how that is exactly the cleric beast is interesting I, I've started to get an idea um, the fighting style of Father Gascoigne alone, uh-huh. like mechanically the way you have to interact with him mm-hmm. as compared to the Cleric Beast is very different. Yeah. Um, especially since he, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has a trick weapon, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has the Hunter's and, Axe. Yeah. And so he, that, I mean, it changes the way that he fights. It changes the way you have to stagger him. Yeah. It changes. Yeah, he's oh, much man. smaller, obviously, than the Cleric Beast and much faster. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, from a narrative perspective, they don't give you a ton about oh, no. Father Gascoigne. No. But... but if you pay attention to your loading screens, you kind of almost know who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool because they drop so much background information in those item descriptions in the loading yes. screens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, if you weren't aware, you can also read all those descriptions just in your menu. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. For, for any like, item that you actually have. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did know that. Right. Um, I, I was like, oh, you can just, like... Peruse them all? Nah, I wish, but... <laughs> Got, gotta see them all, I yeah, guess. Of course, of course. Uh, but, yeah, no. Uh, I Anyway, that's enough of, of a Bloodborne rant for now, but I very much like this game. It is very good. Agreed. Um, yeah, I it, it took a while to grow on me, but it has blown sure. me away yeah, considerably. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, something about getting beat the crap out of uh, repeatedly. I, like I said, I mean, I think I fought that cleric beast like somewhere in the ballpark of 25 to 40 times. Fair. Like, just got annihilated by it. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, I don't want to spoil the easiest way to take him out, but when you figure it out, you realize he's actually pretty easy. Yeah. And that was the worst part. Sure, sure. <laughs> was realizing that, like, I could have done this way better. <laughs> like, that's. And, that is the the underlying loop of Bloodborne, is being terrible at it constantly, but always learning how to fight this enemy, how to take this encounter better, and slowly getting better. It literally sounds like real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, perhaps. Just being the absolute worst at it until you're not, and then realizing that you still are. Right. Uh, no, it's very good. It's very good. Um, so yeah, those are those are the two I really want to talk about this week. Nice. Um, All right, Logan. Well, uh, you want to talk about a problem or maybe a quote unquote problem in the industry? I mean, like, we talked about this before the show. No, I don't, but we're going to. Mm. It's going to be It's gonna be good. I'm just going to slide into our uh, personal Discord real quick because there are some quotes okay. in relation to this particular issue we're going to discuss. Uh, and that issue is Metro Exodus, mm. um, which on a dime this week ditches, ditched Steam mm-hmm. uh, for the Epic Games Store. So yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm curious what your thoughts on this because you you felt more strongly about it than I did. Um. Yeah. So there's a couple of things in here. So when I when I first saw this headline, uh, it came up in my my Twitter feed via Polygon. Uh-huh. So I guess shout out to them for for jumping on on the journalism there. Uh, but later I I heard it uh, as it happened. As it were, I guess I should say. I was listening to a podcast, and while they were recording the podcast, this news broke, and they were like, "Oh, hey, we we should talk uh, about this." Yeah. Um, yeah. So, though, so I've had a lot of time to stew on it since it happened a couple days ago. Uh-huh. I think Monday. Monday was the day. I believe so. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who aren't aware, I guess I'll, I'll run through it. Uh, so, Metro Exodus, the follow up to uh, it's Metro Twenty Thirty Three and Metro Last Light, right? Correct. The names, mm-hmm. okay, um, which are our video. I, you're gonna have to explain these, John, because I like, <laughs> yeah. they're shooters based on a Russian novel, right? Yep, yep. yep. Uh, so not Last Light. The narrative isn't. I know for that. But, right. Yeah. They're uh, but, they um uh, came out PS3, Xbox, uh, 360 era. Um, yeah, first person shooters. Uh, they take place in the uh, Russian met- underground metro um, after a nuclear apocalypse. Um, and so they're very claustrophobic. They're very um, – they have a horror bent. Um, and it's got – obviously uh, it's um, – takes place in, in a very Russian culture. So, so that's um, uh, also pretty unique um, compared to sure. most shooters. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I played the crap out of these games, uh, platinum both of them, 
Huge, huge fan. I like them a lot. Cool. So yeah, that's a better explanation than I could have ever given. Uh-huh. Although I've I've been eyeballing Metro mm-hmm. uh, 2033 because I kind of want to get in on this. Um, but anyway, so they actually... Hmm, this is interesting. The game had been open for pre-orders on Steam yeah. for some time mm-hmm. um, before this decision was, was announced. Yeah, the game was announced probably a year ago, and it's likely been available for pre-order since then. I don't know for certain, but typically... Right. Um, games will go up for pre-order when they are announced uh, or shortly thereafter usually that's just the world we live in in 2019 (laughs) i mean i'm i'm surprised games that we have title screens for like metroid prime 4 and elder scrolls 6 aren't up for pre-order in this market (laughs) Um, because yeah no i anyway there's there's reasons for that like Uh getting funding and stuff but anyway so in the midst of all of this and i should note the release of of exodus is only 15 days away it's february 15th yeah Yeah. and so it's kind of sudden that they make this exodus from steam yeah about Um, three weeks before release Mm -hmm. and so there's a couple of of benefits here to note and that's that exodus is ten dollars cheaper on the epic game store than it was on steam yeah selling for 50 Uh, us dollars compared to 60 and I think that part of the reason for that is because um, Deep Silver, which I, is the publisher, uh-huh. will receive a better cut on the Epic Game Store than they would on Steam. Right, a much better cut. Yeah, the 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 messaging around this lower price is, hey, we're passing our savings from switching to this store on to you. Right. <laughs> now you wouldn't you wouldn't believe that that was the case. Um, from I told you I was looking into Metro Trip 2033, uh-huh. and at, in so doing, I was able to find all of the negative Steam reviews oh, yeah. that had come as a result of this event. Right. And you would not believe that there, there were any savings being passed on reading the reviews of some of these uh, angry gamers. Yeah. It's a practice called review bombing. Everybody's familiar with it conceptually, but it's been long been a problem on Steam uh, when mm-hmm. a publisher or developer does something a certain section of the community doesn't like. They will just go bomb uh, on Steam, just review whatever games they've made in the past and, and try to uh, knock them down in the algorithm or just in people uh, being interested in buying the game. Uh, Steam has done shockingly little to try to combat this in any meaningful way they added a a histogram for reviews to try to show what reviews have been like for the past x length of time maybe they maybe they do it by a year i can't remember exactly so in theory you should be able to 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 see review bombing but that doesn't always come across to the lay person right you have to know what you're looking for Uh uh-huh um so here's, I want to talk a little bit about this because uh, I have a little bit of a, a, a rant, a soapbox to stand on, if it will, when it when it comes to this thing. There we go. Uh, this is this is my all time favorite Steam review for Metro twenty thirty three. Okay. Uh, and it reads, "I hope your franchise fail. You sold your soul to Devil Epic Store. Now I cannot continue the story. Now I would like I would like to point out here." The Epic Games Launcher is free, and the game is $10 cheaper. That's correct. Like, here's my soapbox. 
this player who is so mad because this person sold their soul to devil epic store Mm. they are so mad that they view this as an obstacle they cannot continue the story despite the fact that they can for ten dollars cheaper continue the story um that's correct yeah and this is I, i mean oh man i wish that this was a a unique i wish this was a standout opinion oh no <laughs> um but no this is shockingly i will say shockingly a common opinion on this well, issue i might push back a little bit in that um this i i don't know for certain uh it's tough to say but this could very well be a very loud but very small group of people uh, that's fair like that's people fair. who are happy or ambivalent about uh, a change to a different store that costs them no money and actually saves them money if they want this game particularly. Like, they're not going to go suddenly anti-review bomb Metro 2033, you know what I mean? Man, I'll tell you what, the anti-review bomb <laughs> was my favorite weapon in all of World War II history. Oh, at the it's very good. Yeah. Um, but no, I see I see your point. Point taken. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. It may, maybe this is a really common opinion, or maybe they yeah. are just very loud. My guess is that it's more that they're loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. But it highlights like, like yeah, man, I like. In my opinion, and we we've discussed this a little bit before. Valve is not the good guys. <laughs> like no, yeah, yeah. They they've not done awesome things for PC gaming aside from unifying it all in one launcher. Um. And so I, I've never, I don't, I guess I don't understand the, not just the love, but like the unabashed loyalty that some of these gamers are, are expressing here. I agree. Um, Particularly because for the end consumer, this is a good change. Like the game is $10 cheaper. Yep. Yeah. And And, uh, an important caveat, we mentioned that the game was up for pre-orders uh, pre-orders on Steam will be honored. So if you pre-ordered the game on Steam, you will get it on Steam, period. And furthermore, and, the game will return to Steam in a year. And on top of that, all DLC, all updates will continue to be pushed out through Steam as well. Yep. So this this is not... Yeah, hmm. this, this is a... This is not about Metro Exodus in any meaningful way. This is about people's... A distrust and a dislike that I am having a hard time understanding for having multiple PC stores. Um, And maybe it's not necessarily about having multiple stores. Maybe it's about Epic Games in particular. I am not certain because I haven't spoken to these people. Um, Sure. But like Discord has its own store and nobody seems to be up in arms about that. Um, if I can offer an opinion, it feels like, um, a carryover, a holdover from, uh, console exclusive, uh, dustups in the past where a game has been announced and then is later announced as an exclusive for a platform or a game in a series that was typically on all platforms goes to one platform. That is unfortunate because suddenly now that game is behind a three, four, five hundred dollar paywall in the form of a console. Um, 
On PC, that is not true in any meaningful way at all. These are free launchers that have no impact on your end experience with the software itself. Now, there's there's something to be said about uh, like a friends community built up uh, in a launcher um, in stuff like achievements, and there are uh, smaller concerns with things like uh, local pricing, um, different currencies. Um, so that stuff's a bit more valid, but by and large, these are free platforms that are making, in the case of Epic, the Epic Game Store and uh, Discord's Game Store, are making things significantly better for developers and uh, in some cases, like with uh, Metro Exodus, uh, better for the end consumer. So I am having a very hard time understanding and sympathizing with people who are losing their minds over exclusivity on totally free open platforms. Yeah, I, I as well am having a hard time with it. Because it doesn't feel like, again, it's hard to speak for these people definitively. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have spoken for themselves, and it is a <laughs> wild, wild trip, people. Indeed. If, if you're one of those people who doesn't get bummed out by this kind of stuff, but kind of gets a kick out of it, check it out. Cause Indeed. It is, it is insane. Agreed. Um, but this doesn't feel to me like a an Epic Games problem, because Epic Games... For example, like the Fortnite dance thing is a great reason to not be fully behind Epic Games on this one. Yep. Right? Yeah, Um, I I have no love for Epic Games. They are just another uh, money-grabbing corporation in my mind. Um, 100%. But uh, they are tangibly uh, – sorry, go go ahead. You were were saying. I was going to say, but so is Valve. (laughs) Yeah. uh Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound when I say like, oh, this is a better deal for gamers and a better deal for developers. I don't want to make it sound like the Epic Games store is this knight in shining armor that we need, right? No. Like, no, they're another this – is, this is the US and Russia post-World War II. Like, they're just juggernauts <laughs> right. in a nuclear arms race. That's right. all we're dealing with right now. Right. And it, so I don't want to make it sound like they're the heroes of this story. Right. Uh, but I do have very complicated feelings about – and again, very confused feelings about – You know, you have people, you see these gamers in these reviews talk about how, you know, oh, they're not going to buy the game, but they're going to hack it now. Like they're going to, they're going to pirate it and they're going to steal it. And it's like, well, I mean, it it highlights what we discussed last week with, there seems to be a a big rift between developers and players. Um, And it's highlighted by this case of a developer gives them a better price and they respond by saying, I'm going to steal the game now. Right. Um, which sucks. Like, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I told you I had, I had feelings on this one. Same. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange thing. And Metro Exodus is not the first. Um, several other games have been announced as coming to Epic Store exclusively on PC. Uh, the Division 2 is one of them. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Um. This is perhaps. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, is that not coming to Uplay? Because that's a Ubisoft game, is it? That's correct. Yeah, Um, I'm not sure. I just know that it is not coming to Steam. Um, (laughs) Very pointedly, not coming. So, (laughs) effectively, an exclusive. It it probably is on Uplay. 
because I would be pretty surprised, Ubisoft right? then gets a hundred percent of the profits rather than uh, I can't remember what Epic's cut is twelve, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's twelve eighty-eight twelve. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it probably is on UPlay, but <laughs> for all intents and purposes, nobody cares about UPlay. So it's it's really whether it's on steam or not and in that case it's not but that game didn't receive quite the backlash that metro did and that's likely because the game is coming out so soon and it was already up for pre-order on steam which again on its face i was almost sympathetic about until they said hey all of that is being 100 percent honored so you are not missing anything if you pre-ordered the game cool literally nothing changes for you so right. uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty baffled by this, and uh, it's 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 just kind of disheartening because uh, I I don't see who is losing in this situation in any real way. And I've read these reviews. I'm trying to be empathetic and try to understand what what's going wrong here. But I really just see benefits for consumers, benefits for developers, and uh, and competition for Steam, which is important for everybody. So right. I yeah, I don't see any downsides here. Yeah, I'll end on on just one note here. Um and this is a point that I disagree pretty strongly with that people have brought up. And that is well, I'll quote from a review here. Mm-hmm. It says the level of greed from Deep Silver is pathetic. And it's like, well, okay, they're pa- like the game is $10 cheaper. Like Right. I don't know. I I want to point out like almost undoubtedly Epic Games paid some coin to make this an exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that is not inherently a a greed move on the part of the publisher. Um, in addition, like it's important to remember that even if you hate this decision for whatever reason, like even if you're you feel justified in that hatred, mm-hmm. it's important to remember that that's a publisher decision. Like true, yep. That's. It's yeah, kind of Jill Schmill as a texture artist working on the game, just saying you're now going to pirate the game. Like that's not that's only hurting the developers in the end. You're you're not hurting Epic Games or the publisher really. Right, and they're the ones who who struck this deal. So I can I can appreciate the in some regards the frustration and I can appreciate in some regards the desired, like the 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 feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I can under, understand it to a degree. I don't understand the fundamental misunderstanding that you say, like, hey, you know what I love? Metro. So what am I gonna do? Sabotage Metro. Right. Like, it's you gotta you gotta realize, yeah, maybe this maybe the developer. I actually don't know who developed Metro. Um, uh, but maybe they're four A games. Oh, that's right, four A games. I googled it a couple. Well, I mean, I was on the page looking oh, okay. at reviews nice. a little while ago, right. so I, I had heard that once. Um, but yeah, so you got to realize you never know what's going to happen, right? You never know when a publisher and a developer are going to have a dust-up. You mm. never know when Destiny is going to split from Activision entirely, right? Right. right. And so to sabotage a, a franchise and a developer based on a publisher decision seems incredibly naive to me Yeah. Um, and just unfortunate. Yeah, I agree. Um, Especially if these games are as good as you say they are, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for the new one. Maybe it's terrible, but yeah, I think it sure. looks pretty good. I, I'm looking forward to it. Sure, but I mean, with the franchise's track record. Yeah. If that's to, 
It is not always to say anything, unfortunately. <laughs> but right. if it were, right. Uh, right. you know, this could be a good game. Yeah. So awesome, awesome. Nice. Well, well, that's that's enough of a rant from me. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. It was a good one. Uh, yeah. Str- strange thing. I'm sure we haven't seen the last of it either. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Well, Logan, what's uh, what's on deck for you in the coming week? What are you looking forward to playing? Well, oh man, oh man. So my my list is a complicated bag of emotions. Right now. <laughs> okay. Let me explain. Uh, so I'm I'm very much still working on Persona Five, Bloodborne, Life is Strange, and Undertale. Nice, I great. I can't finish a game without starting a new one. Apparently, so it seems uh, that's my 2019 aesthetic. Um, <laughs> I do want to say. Uh, I also own a couple of games that I want to get to. Uh, okay. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch? Oh, I've right. That meeting... is free on the Epic Store right now. No, it was. They've moved on to the Jackbox Party. Pack. Oh, have they? Oh, man. I didn't redeem. Did you miss it? Bummer. Yeah, I didn't do, redeem Do you it. not already own it? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, that is a that is a shucks deluxe. I'll just have to buy it, I guess. Support the yeah. support the developer. Support support your local developer, Indeed. sheriff. Um, so yeah, so that is is perpetually on my list. Mm. I have been meaning to try Warframe. Nice. Um, so Warframe is installed on my computer right now and has been for several weeks okay because nice. it is it is free to play yeah. i've heard there's a high barrier to entry but i really want to try it yeah um, i've heard they they've improved the onboarding a bit but it is uh it's a complex game yeah i i heard a, an interview with the developer i think with danny o'dwyer yeah no clip where the, doc yeah 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 where where the developer by their own admission has not really figured out onboarding for this game They're doing their <laughs> yeah. best but it is apparently a tough right tough one well it's been a free-to-play um, game since the start of the ps4 so 2013 coming up on six years of constant development like games get pretty complex when they do that so not not yeah. shocking no not not at all um as far as things i do not own that i really want to play mm-hmm. um anthem is getting an open beta this weekend oh yeah that's that right <clears throat> I'm very interested in. Um, so if I do that, which it's looking increasingly likely that I will, um, even though I heard very mixed reports as far yeah. as server server problems right. specifically from the right. last beta, and I imagine it's going to be equally messy <laughs> this time. That seems likely, I, yeah. I do really want to give it a shot and just see what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were a lot of reports of rubber banding in the last yeah. beta. Uh, um, infinite and loads all that kind of jam- jazz yeah so i'll probably just put on some marie kondo and, and clean my room and then also there you see go. If it ever if it ever queues up <laughs> you know um uh also looking forward to subnautica below zero. Oh yeah uh, which is in early access right now uh, oh, really? which is oh the, okay yeah i so just found that it's out. not a sequel right it's but it is a pretty hefty expansion I, mm, or is it a sequel? Maybe I'm missing uh, I think you need the base game to play it. Okay. So in that <laughs> but, sense, it's an expansion. But you play as a different protagonist. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Almost like a DLC side story, and it's Arctic themed. Uh, hence right. the Below Zero right. title. And it looks really cool. It does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I am a big fan of Subnautica. Um, and then 
the the last thing on my I, I realize this is a lengthy and <laughs> relatively speaking up close list um there's a game we discussed a little while ago when we were talking about 2019 releases and that is resident evil 2 uh yes uh now i do not think i can play through all of resident <laughs> evil 2 it is extremely not my flavor it's a spooky um, one yeah but also i don't do well with like gore in general like uh-huh. i would probably get like physically nauseous like very quickly fair, fair. Uh, but shout out to uh austin walker over at waypoint recently had an opportunity to play that game and talked about how tight the level design was mm. uh, in his own words he said that every time he sat down to play the game over the course of the week he played it he played it for two and a half hours longer than he intended. Yeah. Um, really just talked about how he enjoyed it, um, and that piqued my interest. Yeah. It was one of those games that I was not at all interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I may rent that one, and if I do, I'd love to talk about what happens. Nice. Great. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's my list right now. <laughs> Hefty. Yeah, it's <laughs> that is what I'm... And this is the problem, because then what happens is I realize that I'm still 40 hours into Persona, and it's been three months. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is this is my problem. I very much am the, the party tray sampler of video gamers. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, what about you, John? What do you got, what do you got queued up? Um, so I'm going to continue my Corvo Dishonored playthrough. Um, mm-hmm. Very much looking forward to that. I might boot that up uh, as soon as we're done recording here. Um, other than that, I imagine that will take probably the majority of my weekend here. Um, and the time I'm not playing that, I will likely be playing PUBG because a new big old patch just dropped. So, Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So is that in public servers now? Yep. Uh, went live last night. I haven't had a chance mm. to play it yet, but uh, good, I did get good. to test it on the test server and... It's very good. So yeah, uh, yeah, PUBG and Dishonored two for me. Well, I'll tell you what, I could really go for some. So my weekend is wide open. Mm-hmm. I could go for some multiplayer. So if you're either feeling like trying to hop into Anthem with me, or I might. Uh, if you need a fourth for PUBG and you don't think I'm too much of a liability, hit me because <laughs> I'm I'm there for it. All right, uh, I'm there for for any any of that. So to, I guess to expand my list further, I may also play some PUBG. <laughs> Perfect. If That's you're down. just eight games, no problems. <laughs> yeah, just just a small list uh, of things that I'm hoping to least touch before next weekend um and then like speaking in the more immediate sense i'm probably gonna go boot up bloodborne like right now <laughs> nice <laughs> nice great cool, All right, cool well uh we'll get to that thanks for listening everybody this has been that odious beast gaming uh thanks to brian altano uh from weird heat for uh our title track nostalgia that you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast um you can follow me on twitter uh at jonathan nielsen uh logan where can people find you at logan matthew 401 and and i have a word Mm. Uh, i have a word just a shout out to somebody who's listened to a little bit of our stuff and and left us a review Ah. archive.org hosting page well how lovely Uh, yeah this is a archive.org member conkabar hope i'm pronouncing that right um but if you're out there and you're still listening thanks so much we super super appreciate it yeah. um, and for anybody else who's discovered this this cast um you know follows on spotify ratings and reviews on itunes or apple Podcasts. i guess mm. as it's been rebranded much appreciated yeah go a long way uh, towards discoverability and and really helping us move along so thanks to to Conkobar for leading the charge there 
Um, and, and thanks all for listening. We really appreciate it. Catch you next week. Bye.